from 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. The second reading is from 1 Peter chapter 1, 21 to 25. Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. Now that you, are pur- that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For all people are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. The final reading for tonight comes from Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. We're on the uh, verge of a new year, as we all know. And uh, I think we're, we're paused to think in this, in this world when we look at the Philippines and we see that there's a typhoon raging through there. We look at our own nation and the sky is just permanently a weird colour. And uh, it's very odd. And the sun is a very odd colour. And it makes us wonder about the future. And I, I, I hear a lot of conversations about, gee, where are we heading uh, as a nation, as a world? What does the future look like? Um, is there any hope for the future? Have we taken things too far? Have we wrecked the place too much? So uh, you've got 60 seconds to talk to the person next to you, or if you've got nobody next to you, just talk at the head of the person sitting in front of you and hope that they listen. And you have 30 seconds each to share on this question, how do you feel about the future? Go. 30 seconds each. How do you feel about the future? Okay. That's enough. (laughs) Terrific. I think uh, how we feel about the future and whether we feel that there's a hope for the future depends on, on a whole range of things. Uh, it depends on how we view people. It depends on how we view people, whether we see people somewhere on a sliding scale between good and evil. It depends on do we trust our fellow human beings. It depends on our opinions of politicians. It depends on our view of God. It depends on our view of the Bible. And so when I look at the future, I see, um, I see a number of things. I want to tease some of these ideas out uh, about how the Bible sees uh, our outlook, helps us to frame our outlook as we look into the future. Uh, if it just if it just depends on people, uh, I'm in two minds. Uh, I look around and I see a world that is still there's an endemic streak of selfishness that runs through people. It expresses itself internationally in politics. 
It expresses itself in families. Uh, we had a very blessed Christmas. Uh, we had 27 people, uh, immediate family, turn up to my, to my sister-in-law's place. Bless that woman, Jesus, because that is a crazy long table. I can tell you the table went through two different rooms. And I know other people had virtually nothing and that they had unbelievably difficult day in this church, unbelievably difficult because of the pain and injury they have suffered from family members. And so there's this dual thinking that I end up with about, about this. See, people are still waging war. People are still disregarding human rights. People are still exploiting the planet, both on a personal and an international and global sense. Um, if, you just, if you just look at the negative things of humanity, I tell you what, it's like going down a very dark rabbit hole and there appears to be no bottom. We can just spiral down into a hopeless, dark place and think, well, if it's going to be up to people, if people have to pull out of this, it's almost like a plane on a dive, a death dive going down. Is this ever going to pull up? Is this ever going to get better? And yet, on the other hand, when I look at people, we've seen some remarkable and extraordinary um, things come out of this fire. Do you know people have not only been fighting the fire for days and weeks, they've been fighting the fires for months. There are many people that have just taken time off work. There's a whole slew of volunteers. I think the government is just starting to, to reactivate what they have done on several past occasions and acknowledge that and help them and their employers because they've walked away from their work. They've walked away from income. And so they're, 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 and they're happy to do that, but I still think the, the country's looking at how should we correctly respond. We've seen courage. We've seen so much courage that people have put themselves in harm way, harm's way and we've lost two beautiful firefighters in that process. And do you know what? Out of that, some people put up a GoFundMe page for the families of the two firefighters who lost their waves, and it is going great guns. Uh, people are supporting it. Australians are gathering together. There's some awesome things going on. There's one centre that I saw on the television and it was a place where people could bring their bits and pieces to just help those people that have lost everything in the fires. And it was quite a large facility and they filled the facility up and they had to say to the community, stop bringing things. The whole thing, we're chock-a-block full here. You can bring no more stuff because it'll just be sitting out in the rain. They filled the facility to overflowing with great generosity and love. So I look at that part of it and I think, well, that's, that's an amazing thing. There's self-sacrifice and there's overflowing generosity. So which is it? Which is it? I think there's both of those things that lie within the heart of the human being. But I've got good news. Actually, I've got good news, good news, and then more good news. How many people would like some good news tonight about the future? Okay, it's coming at you. <laughs> the good news is this. The good news is this, that God created the world. Yeah. That God sustains the world and is the author of all life. That God has sent Jesus into this world to be the redeemer of the world. He is going to send Jesus again on a day which has been appointed to which nobody knows the day or the hour. He will send Jesus again to renew this world. This world is in the Father's hands. 
This world is in, in God's hands. When we look down uh, and we say, oh, this world is spiraling out of control. This world is not out of control. It is in control in God's hands. And we trust his sovereignty in these things. Friends, as you enter 2020, do you trust God for your life? Do you trust God that he will work things out? Do you trust, can you step forward knowing that I do not know what 2020 will unfold for me, but I have the living God there. He is going to be with me every step of the way. The creator, the sustainer, the redeemer and the returner are going to be there. So, you know, the Bible is a bookend of, of paradise lost and paradise regained. If you read the Bible, there's that beautiful sense of God humankind and the world in perfect harmony and then we saw that great fall away from that that ideal environment and then when we look at the other end of the bible the book of revelation what do we find we find the garden is restored again we see god in harmony with his world and in harmony with people won't that be awesome and god is going to make that happen and so we see god has a plan uh, god has also given us uh, freedom and we can see that our freedom has not always been well used. And we can look at others and say, well, you know, I wish that country or this country or our country would use our freedoms better and be more responsible. And yes, that's probably true, but I look at my life and wish I had used my freedoms better. I have misused my freedoms as a person. And I think we all might be able to identify with that. So God is in control of the past. God is in control of the present and God is control of the future because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. Do you believe that? Do you believe the one who can still the storm? Do you believe the one who can heal the eyes? Do you believe the one that can take the crippled hand and make it well, make the lame walk and the dead rise? He is with us. He is with us every day. We will never be alone. He will never forsake us. And when we look at the, the place of Jesus, the Bible is very, very clear. The world was made through Jesus. Jesus was the agency through whom God made the world. The world was made through Jesus. And he has sent Jesus to be the redeemer of the world. So Jesus is the, is the agent of creation. He sends Jesus to be the redeemer of the world. He will send Jesus again to be the renewer of the world. When the Bible describes God, it describes God as the Alpha and the Omega. Not talking about a watch. Talking about the first, talking about the last. The first and the last. Uh, before all time. I just love that song, Josh, that project thing song talking trying to describe Jesus uh, I'd love to be able to read that aloud and get some music going underneath that get a riff going under that that'd be just great that was that lyrics were great I like good lyrics you see I'm like that that was just filled with good lyrics because it talked about the majesty it talked about the divinity of Jesus coming down it talked about the big picture it talked about the beginning and the end I love that song and so we have this this story and in the meantime of course we have that okay God is the creator God is the sustainer he has sent Jesus to be the redeemer he's going to send Jesus again to be the restorer of the world and all things we are a part of that you are central in God's plan do you love Jesus if you love Jesus you are central to God's eternal plan for this world but in the meantime we have this great um, 
uh, way of looking at things uh, from the scripture. Uh, in your devices or in your Bibles, if you brought them, uh, please look up 1 Peter chapter 1. Go for it. 1 Peter chapter 1. Somebody's got a phone next to you. Tell them to bless you with it. If you like it, if it's better than yours, you want an upgrade. If they've got an iPhone 11 Pro, that's what I'm in the market for. I will happily swap my manky, not quite working iPhone 6 for that any day. So if someone's got a phone you can look on to, that'd be great. We're at chapter 1, verse 13, and we're, we're coming to terms with, is there any hope for the future? Therefore, it says, set your, uh, therefore, your minds that are alert and fully sober. That's a good message for this time of the year. Our minds are fully sober. Can I have an amen? amen. Keep it that way. All right. Just a Sidebar word from the Lord for you all. Fully sober, set, our, set your hope on the grace to be brought to us when? When Jesus Christ is revealed that he's coming. Jesus is coming again. This is one of the great forgotten doctrines of the church. This is one of the things that preachers have failed to do, not the congregations. The preachers have let their congregations down because they have failed to remind them that Jesus Christ is coming again. Friends, Jesus Christ is coming again. God the Father has set a day. We do not know the day or the hour, but he will send his son. He will gather the world before him and they will be judged with righteousness. And that is what propels us to be so enthusiastic about the gospel. That we have a message of good news, great news, fabulous news to a perishing world. And it has been entrusted only to the church. And we have that because on that great day, whether we're alive or whether we've passed away and in his presence already... We have our hopes set on that because this world is going to be made right once more. Then going to 1 Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 21 to 25. In the meantime, as we wait for that, what kind of people should we be? Through him, you believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him. So your faith and hope are in God. So when you're looking down at 2020... And you look down the rabbit hole and you think, well, I don't trust that leader or this leader or that international or that president or that chairman or whatever it might be. Friends, put your hope in God because God will be there with you. God will be consistent. And whatever you go through, God will be in the midst of that with you. So our faith and our hope are in God. As a result of that, verse 22 comes. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart, for you have been born again, not of perishable, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. So friends, as we await for that great day, as we step out into 2020, let us make one of our aims. We need to keep the simple, fundamental and most important things foremost. It is always love God and it is always love others. You will never graduate from that basic. If you want to get all more highfalutin in your theology and read incredibly complex things and all that sort of stuff, Go knock yourself out. There's plenty online. Um, but what we need to do is that we will never, you never graduate from the gospel, the good news that Jesus came into this world to be our saviour 
as Lord, and you never graduate from these basics. These are the very fundamentals of life, where we are to love each other and not pretend that we love each other, not put on the fake face, not put on the Sunday smile. We are to love each other deeply from the heart. I've seen some wonderful examples of that over this difficult period in our church. We've had um, uh, six people in our church family and in the surrounds spreading out from our family, from our church family, pass away since the beginning of November. And I've seen some most incredible and beautiful and loving things and still saw them unfolding this morning where people were reaching out and caring for and loving each other deeply. And I just want to affirm that and encourage us to do more of that. Then, comes, then we come to our, our reading from the psalm. Uh, this was down as a possible Bible reading for a wedding that I took. They put down a whole lot of possible Bible readings that they're thinking of having read out. And I said, the service is limited to about an hour and a quarter. Um, the, the amount of Bible readings here could go for a sustainably much longer time than that. So you might want to be selective. And so one of the things they did is that they, in the end, they ran with some other fabulous references, but this one didn't, didn't, uh, didn't make the cut for the wedding. And I looked at it and I just got so excited by it. It sort of sat in my spirit ever since then because it says some amazing things. I think this psalm speaks to us today. I think this psalm speaks to us as we approach a new year. I lift up my eyes to the mountains... And where does my help come from? So many people are asking that these days. So many people are looking around at the world around us and, and feeling uncertain, feeling insecure, feeling scared even. And so I lift up my eyes to the mountain. Where does my, my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Friends, as you enter next year, Jesus is not only your companion. The Holy Spirit is not only your comforter. Father God is not only your father. But we are dealing with a triune God who is the maker of heaven and earth. And so as we step out there, the King of kings and the Lord of all, Lords, the star-casting God of the universe is with us in that space. So you're not without hope. Next year, no matter what you face, and it can be a difficult thing. My wife and I used to say, I hope this year is going to be better. But every time we said that, it got worse. So we no longer say that. We just go, 2020, sure. Because you know, every time we're saying to ourselves, you know, maybe next year will be a better year. It never got better. It always got worse. But we always had God. We always had God. You'll always have God. We need to rely on him. We need to frame who he is. We need to frame him. And so when this psalmist here is trying to frame who God is, he's saying, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. Yeah, explain. He is the maker of heaven and earth. He is infinite in power. He is infinite in resources. He can be there. And what does he do? He will not let our foot slip. Then I want you to see the repetition of what comes next. Actually, I'll highlight it. Look at this. Where does my help come from? He will not let your foot slip. Look at how many times it says this. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. You getting it? See the rhythm of it all? Okay. He is your shade from the sun. Then down in verse 7, he will watch over your life. And in verse 8, he will watch over your coming and your going. So it says there, starting at verse 3, he who watches over you, 
Verse 4, watches over Israel. 5, watches over you. 7, he will watch over your life. 8, watch over your coming and your going. Next year, the Lord will be watching over you. Hallelujah. Isn't that good news? As you sit here tonight, I declare to you in the name of God, he'll be watching over you. That means he's looking over you. He's looking at you. He's looking after you. He's caring about you. The Lord, it says it. If, when when a, one Bible passage says the same thing about five or six times, we've got to get it through our big lunk heads, right? Watches over you, 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 and watches over you. He's trying to get it through today that you need to walk out of those doors into 2020 and say, the Lord watches over me. I don't know what's going to happen in my life, but I know the Lord watches over me. And in my comings and goings, he will be there. And so as we face the future, we need to remind ourselves that we have an all-powerful creator who watches over us. He is the creator of everything. He is the author of life, the sustainer. He is the renewer. And of course, one of my favourite passages and so appropriate to end on tonight is Romans 8 verse 28. And no matter what happens, know this is true. Verse 28 from Romans 8. And we know that in all things, that's everything that's coming at you next year. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. Do you love him? Know that in all things, God is going to be working for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to to his purpose so next year no matter what we face we go out knowing this God will be working for good in everything that befalls us and he is with us and where will your help come come from it'll come from the Lord he is the maker of heaven and earth and he is with you every single day have confidence as you step out into next year